Chapter 25 of The Boy Chums in the Florida Jungle by Wilmer M. Eli. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter 25 Sickness in the Camp. According to agreement, as soon as night fell, Charlie, taking two of the Spaniards with him, went out to stand guard on the machine for the night, while Walter and the other two took their posts on the guard line circling the camp. There is nothing so slow and tedious as doing guard duty, but the boys managed to hasten the flight of time by chatting with their Spanish companions and adding new words and phrases to their already fair knowledge of the language. Much to their surprise, nothing occurred to alarm the lads during the night. At daybreak, Charlie climbed up on the steel crane and took a good look over the country, but he could discover no trace of the enemy or any sign of campfire smoke. With the break of day, the firemen came out to get up steam, and Charlie, with his men, returned to camp. I can't see any trace of them or their campfire, he told his chum, and I believe I've hit upon the reason why we were not molested last night. Let's have it, said Walter, eagerly. I believe they think they have put us out of business with the killing of the mules and the burning of our wood supply, Charlie answered. Of course, they will soon discover their mistake and be at it again. Maybe they have gone back to town, his chum suggested hopefully, but Charlie shook his head decidedly. They would not go far, he declared positively. They know it will not take us more than four or five days at the most to get another pair of mules and start up again. Well, let's be thankful for their giving us even one night's peace. I am going to get a bite to eat and turn in, and I advise you to do the same. If we wake up early enough, we'll take the truck, run into town, and see if that electric light has come. All right, Walter agreed. It was nearly sundown when the boys awoke, so the purpose trip was not made. As the machine was now working again, there was no need of a guard on it, so the boys agreed to divide up the camp watch, one standing guard with the Spaniards until midnight, and the other one from midnight until morning. I'll take the first watch, Charlie said, then I can get a good nap and run into town in the morning. Before going out to his post, Charlie sauntered over to the Indians' camp and exchanged greetings with Willie John. Did you see any pale faces in the woods today? he inquired. The Seminole shook his head. No see strange pale face, he said. See campfire, him one sleep old, pale faces gone. Well, said Charlie, puzzled, you must not go near any pale face camp in the woods. They very bad men. Maybe they shoot you or oxen. You understand? Yes, me understand, said the Seminole. No go near campfires any more. The gunmen have either moved camp or gone to town, the lad remarked to his chum when he returned to camp, but we will keep watch just the same. It may be only a ruse to throw us off our guard. The night passed away, however, without the slightest alarm, much to the lad's relief. Charlie slept later than usual in the morning, and when he emerged from his tent, he found the captain waiting for him. One of the graders is sick, 
the old sailor informed him. I wish you would take a look at him. He looks to me to be pretty badly off. The lad found the sick man, one of their best workers, tossing restlessly on his cot, his face a brick red. What's the matter, Matikas? he said cheerfully, as he felt of the sick man's hot face. Plenty sick, senor, said the sufferer. Plenty not all the time. No can work today. Work tomorrow, maybe. Don't you worry about the work, said the lad kindly. I go to town this morning. Get doctor. He will make you well pretty quick. Thanks, senor, said the man gratefully. It looks to me like a case of jungle fever, the lad said as he joined the captain. It's working in that nasty mud all the time that has made him sick, the old sailor declared. The hot sun burning down on that foul muck is enough to make an alligator sick. It don't bother me much, for I get off to one side and keep out of it. It's hardest on the ground men and the graders. They are in it all the time. They don't complain any, but I notice they are getting sores all over their legs from standing in it. It would not surprise me if more of them came down before long. I hope not, Charlie said fervently. We are in enough trouble as it is. I am going in and get a doctor for him this morning. You can take out one of the guards with you to take Matika's place. As soon as he had eaten breakfast, the lad took the truck and started for town. By noon, he was back in camp again. Gosh, you made a quick trip, Walter commented. I didn't go to town, Charlie said dejectedly. Two miles from here is as far as I could get with the truck. Why? demanded his chum. Bridges blown up by dynamite from there on, said the other briefly. I walked ahead two miles from where I left the truck, and there was not a bridge but what was wholly or partly wrecked. Whew! whistled Walter. That will shut us off from getting more supplies. That's what it was intended to do, said his chum wearily. But I think we can fool them on that point if we act quickly. Has Willie John come in for his dinner yet? I think he is over at his camp now. Come on over with me, Charlie said. We have got to act quickly or we will find ourselves pinned up out here without food. They found Willie John and his family squatted around a big iron pot full of bear meat into which they kept dipping their hands and fishing after choice tidbits. This afternoon you and boy go to Indian town for us, Charlie said. You tell all of tribe we want to buy plenty yams, corn, pumpkins, pigs, and two cattle. Then go out to trading post and buy all the flour sugar and coffee mr bowers will sell have indians bring all here to camp quick pretty soon bad pale-faces tear up bridge so we can no get grub you understand yes me understand said the seminole me go on foot indians got plenty of wagons to bring grub go much faster walk boy and squaw drive oxen and haul wood while I am gone. Good, Charlie approved. You come over to camp before you go, and I give you plenty of money to buy grub with. 
that will settle the food question for quite a while the lad observed as the two boys sauntered back to the tent we don't really need anything from town for quite a while except a doctor i am going to see if i cannot do something for the sick man but if he gets worse we will have to get a couple of indian ponies and go in for a doctor by leaving the road and taking to the woods one can pick their way into town but it would make a long tiresome dangerous journey and we don't want to attempt it unless we absolutely have to charlie found the sick man about as he had left him hot with fever and tossing restlessly after viewing his condition carefully the lad went back to his tent and got out the little medicine chest they usually carried with them what are you going to give him walter inquired a big dose of calomel now and as soon as the fever passes off i will give him two grain doses of quinine every two hours said charlie promptly that's what the doctors always give for these swamp fevers i am not much afraid of this kind of fever it seldom kills and when properly treated it is easily cured of course it leaves one weak for a while and not able to do much work i wish though that i knew what to do to keep the mud from making sores on the men i am more afraid of the sores than i am of the fever i don't know anything about medicine said walter thoughtfully but it is evident that the sores come from germs or poisons in the mud now if the men would put carbolic acid in the water when they bathe morning and night and then put on some carbolic salve i believe it would check or kill that which makes the sores i believe you're right charlie agreed we will have them try it anyway as soon as i can get to town i am going to get leggings for them all that will keep the mud from coming in direct contact with their skins well we had better get what rest we can now those fellows have finished with the bridges and they will likely be back to make us more trouble tonight i don't feel as though i had got enough sleep anyway the two lads wisely retired to their cots where they gained a couple of hours of good hard slumber from which they were awakened by the arrival of willie john returning from his errand wagons come pretty soon bring plenty grub he informed them before dark the wagons began to arrive loaded with yams pumpkins corn and young pigs besides all the flour sugar and coffee mr bowers had been able to spare from the trading post the boys viewed the supply of food with satisfaction there's enough to run us a couple of months charlie declared and by that time we will either be doing well or else driven off the job before night fell the lad went in and took another look at the sick man the fever had left him so he gave him the first dose of two grains of quinine repeat it every two hours until you go to bed he told the captain who had come in from work i'll manage to slip in a couple of times after you retire and give it to him there is another one coming down with it the old sailor said gloomily rama has been yawning and complaining of aching bones all day send him in here and tomorrow take out one of the guards in his place said the lad promptly i am going to have the rest of the men move out of this tent into the others and turn this one into a hospital tent where the men can be quiet 
and undisturbed. End of chapter 25